Welcome to the Do Good Radio Hour with Bluegrass Community Foundation. Here at Bluegrass Community Foundation, we believe doing good inspires good. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The intention behind the show is to encourage you by sharing the undeniable good happening within our community. One of the ways we plan to do this is by sharing the stories of nonprofit organizations across the region who are creating more generous, vibrant, and engaged communities. Tune into the Do Good Radio Hour every Monday at 2 p.m. to hear about the good that is the heartbeat of our community and how you can get more involved. Suzanne Schaffer is here to share about her experience as a professional advisor and her connection with BGCF to give her clients the best charitable experience. So welcome, Suzanne. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us about you, how you got started, and what led you to where you are now. Okay. Um, So I'm a member of Emory Merritt Schaffer Womack Law Firm. I'm a partner here. Um, I I guess I got to Kentucky um, by way of my husband. Um, He was playing professional baseball when I met him, and when he shut it down, um, we came back to Kentucky so he could finish up his um, undergraduate degree. So I'm a Temple Law grad, proud grad of Temple Law in Philly, uh, where I went to school to uh, become a litigator is what I thought, um, and ended up really liking tax and property law. So I ended up getting an estate planning certification at Temple, um, and that led me to estate planning, which is how I became involved with the Bluegrass Community Foundation. Yeah, I was going to ask, that was my next question. How did you hear about BGCF and how did you get connected? I actually met um, Scott before I had worked with the Bluegrass Community Foundation, just at at an event, I think. And then I had a client come to me who wanted to provide for a scholarship program of sorts um, in his estate plan to try to benefit the people of Central Kentucky where he has had a business for years and felt like they really gave quite a bit to him. And I reached out to Scott to ask him about it and ask how the community foundation could help. And that was really our first contact and my first opportunity to work with the foundation. That's great. So BGCF works with various professional advisors like yourself and together we strive to make charitable giving easy and effective and rewarding for both you and your clients. So you choose to trust BGCF as an expert to refer your clients to. So describe that referral process and what goes into that. It's actually really easy. So in addition to Scott, I've gotten to know some of the other people at the Community Foundation and the one who's my go-to, it seems like, is Haley Cunningham. So I will oftentimes just reach out to Haley in an email with her and the client and introduce the two of them and explain a little bit about the client's charitable goals and intent. And then she takes it from there. Um, And schedules with them one-on-one I believe has been the case and then the client follows back up with me and I've heard nothing but rave reviews so we've been really happy. I feel like a lot of people had this question probably why is this relationship between a community foundation like BGCF and a professional advisor like yourself so important? Why is that relationship crucial? I'm always looking out for what's in the best interest of my client. Um, And I need to know that when I send them to to someone or to an organization to help fulfill their intent, that they're going to take good care of them. They're going to give them the attention that they need, and they're going to do 
a good job. They're going to do it right and they're knowledgeable. And I feel very confident that I get all of that with the Bluegrass Community Foundation. This is an interesting one too. How do you know when it's time to discuss charitable giving with your clients? Is that conversation, does that happen right away or does it take time to learn the goals of each client? How does, what's that process like? So when I sit down with a client to talk about their estate plan, we're really talking about the legacy that they're going to leave. What do they want to see for their family? Do they have charitable intent? It's just part of the conversation, whether or not they are charitably inclined. And so whether or not they want to work with the community foundation comes in, in, in two forms. Some clients are coming to me for tax advice. And so how are we making their plan the most tax advantageous for their heirs? Or they really have the just true, purely charitable intent. And how are we setting up something to allow them to leave a legacy to the community? And so that is, is the start of it. Um, and that's usually where we bring Haley in or the community foundation in to really flesh out what they're trying to accomplish. So I'm sure you have many, many of these, but do you have a particularly rewarding experience you would like to share just from working as a professional advisor with connection with BGCF? I have several clients that I, I really love what we've done with their plan, um, incorporating the charitable giving part of it. But I think the one that probably sticks out the most to me um, is a recent one, actually. A client of mine, they lost their daughter. Um, she was in her 50s, so still pretty young in my mind. And she was hearing impaired. Um, and she was very involved with the, the hearing impaired community. And they came to me wanting to start a private foundation uh, in her honor and in her memory. And it, it was cost prohibitive for them to do that. And it just didn't make a lot of sense with the, the size of what they were wanting to do and, and accomplish. And they were able to work with the community foundation to establish a fund in her memory. Um, and it's already been funded and they've already started issuing scholarships to students who are hearing impaired to help get them the right services. So it was really fulfilling to me on, on both ends to be able to work with the client to help them create that fund in memory of their daughter and then to also see they're already giving back to the community. So that was probably one of my favorites. I love that story. And I love the idea of all of these different entities, I guess you could say, all working together to make the community a better place. That's cool. So you often ask your clients to create a vision for their giving. And I'm kind of want to flip that question on you. So what are your dreams for your community? And um, kind of the same question you ask your clients. Well, how would you answer that question for yourself? So this is the one I think is the hardest. And I've actually thought about this since we first talked. Um, I would like to see a community of inclusion. Um, and I know that sounds very vague, but I think what we're seeing more and more in society right now is we're so torn apart by our differences, whether it's cultural or political or racial or religious, whatever it is, we're so torn apart by those things that we fail to recognize our similarities. And I think that at the end of the day, we have far more things that are similar than we have that are different. And I know that's not just a Lexington community goal, that's probably more of a societal goal, but I would love to see Lexington as a leader in that type of movement 
where we are trying to show that we are all inclusive and, and we do recognize and respect each other despite our differences and share in our similarities. I don't know what kind of outreach it takes to get that done, but that's the vision I would like to see for my community. Yeah, I think just awareness of it from the start and then it can spur from there. I agree with that. So to those who are itching to start their charitable journey, what advice do you have for them to jumpstart that process? Become informed, educate yourself. Um, I find that in what I do, and I think a lot of what the Community Foundation does, people just don't know. They're not aware. They don't know what the options are. I have a lot of clients who feel like they can't be charitable because they can't make these large gifts. And I think that we need to educate people on knowing that you don't have to give a $10 million gift to make a difference. Um, everybody can make a difference no matter how small. So I would say to anybody who thinks that they're charitably inclined to just simply educate yourself, find out what's out there. Uh, there are a lot of people who will help you understand it and go from there. That's great advice and great advice to leave us on. So that's it. Suzanne, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Of course. Andy Reynolds is here to share about his connection with BGCF as a professional advisor and the intention behind that trusted relationship. So, hey, Andy, how are you today? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us about you, how you got started and what led you to where you are now. Yeah. So, um, really what led me to the community foundation was really just growing up in a family that really put serving others uh, at the forefront of what they did. Um, really going back to my grandparents. So when I was a little kid, we had a woman who lived with our family um, who had special needs and my grandparents had effectively adopted her, not legally, but um, had effectively adopted her with my, when my mom was young. And then she ended up living with them and then ended up living with my family um, when, whenever I was a child. And my mom was a, a school counselor. My dad was a state ombudsman in Indiana. Um, and my brother is doing outdoor therapy for teenagers. So here I am in the financial world um, and I just have felt, you know, a desire to give back and um, a desire to kind of follow in the footsteps of, of my other family members. And so that led me to reaching out to uh, Community Foundation years ago and, and basically just saying, how can I help? Um, I'd heard about the Community Foundation and all the great things that they were doing and just wanted to really be a part of it. Um, I think I was at that point willing to really kind of do anything that they needed a, a warm body to fill. Um, and then I, they haven't been able to get rid of me since then. Um, so just, you know, it's, it's a great organization and, and it, it really helps serve the desires that I have um, within the community. Yeah, so you are on the board, which is a cool fact. So tell yeah. us about your decision to step onto the board at BGCF and what that experience is like, specifically as a professional advisor. Yeah, so um, I started out as a as a um, committee member and I think a golf scramble committee member, and you know learned a little bit about the organization. Then 
And then a couple of years went by and they were looking for people to, to be on the board and asked me if I'd be interested in doing that. And, and obviously I was, um, and it's, it's really been, um, a benefit to me as a person, I think, to be involved with community foundation. Um, they have helped me grow as a, as a person being introduced to, you know, new things that I hadn't really thought about or things I had not been exposed to previously. Um, and it is also a great board to, to be involved with just from the human aspect, really smart people, um, diverse backgrounds, and just a, a really good engagement in the community um, really across across the entire board. So it's been a fun um, thing to be involved with and, and you know, it's, it's an active board. So there's a lot of people doing lots of things and um, it's not one of the passive boards. It's, it's a fairly active board as well. So tell us a little bit about your background as a PA. Started in this business around 2008, um, so about 13 years now, and it has, has been a very rewarding um, industry to be in. You know, we, we really have taken a, a very hands-on approach with our clients and a very um, hand-holding approach, and we deal with mainly high net worth individuals and families and have really helped them achieve their goals, help them identify their goals, um, and, and really handhold them through whatever process they're going through. You know, whether it's accumulating wealth or a business transaction or, um, you know, retirement or legacy planning, you know, we, we've really, um, we really try to take an active role in those people's lives and, and really answer any financial question they have, which was also part of the interest in being involved with the Community Foundation you know, a lot of the conversations we have with people try, we, we try to have, have them be comprehensive and, and really holistic and thinking about things that they may not have already thought about. And we try to pull information out of, of people. And a lot of the times where we get involved with charitable giving and connecting them with the community foundation, a lot of the times the clients may not have really thought about that ahead of time. It's something that through multiple conversations and, and through really kind of taking a step back and thinking about life and what's important, um, it's led them to wanting to have a conversation with the community foundation. So to be able to serve in that role where, you know, it's a highly technical field, it's a mile wide, um, and being able to be fulfilled in that regard, but also helping people um, and then also being able to, to do good in the world as well through having the connections to, to introduce them to people like the Community Foundation. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's extremely rewarding. Right. So obviously you choose to trust BGCF as an expert to refer your clients to. And I think a lot of people are super interested in that relationship. And so describe that referral process and what goes into that. Yeah. So it's, it's as easy or as hands-on as you want to be. Um, so one of the things I like most about the community foundation is, is the staff um, and who's made up on the staff. So it's not a group where it's an 800 number. Um, it's not a group where there's a, a large amount of turnover or a, a group of one. 
you know, it's, it's a staff, it's a credentialed staff with attorneys and CPAs. Um, and that gives me a lot of comfort knowing that, you know, these are people who know the law, know the tax implications. And a lot of, you know, what we're doing is high level stuff. So having people on staff who have a very good knowledge of that is, is really beneficial for, for us as practitioners um, to feel confident in handing over that um, relationship or that aspect of, of the relationship and, and introducing people to the community foundation. I think, you know, as I started, it, it, it can be as hands-off as people want, as us as advisors want it to be. You know, I've had circumstances where I've just said, you know, call Lisa or call Brian or Haley and they kind of handle everything. And, and there are other circumstances where it's much more hands-on and, and, you know, we're working together or we're getting people to second or third base and then we're connecting them with the community foundation to fulfill their wishes. So it's really as collaborative as you want it to be, um, but it doesn't have to be either. Um, it's, it's really just kind of whatever makes sense for any advisor or any given situation that they may be in. Relationships are all about trust, right? So sure. connecting your clients to a trusted community foundation like BGCF is so important. What benefit is that to your clients? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it ultimately reflects on us um, how any introduction to a new professional goes, whether it's charitable or whether it's legal or tax or wherever it may be. So, you know, I think to any advisor or any professional, anytime you make an introduction to another professional, you, you want to feel pretty confident that it's going to go smoothly and, and successfully. So, you know, I, the benefit of being on the board, being a fund holder with the community foundation to, you know, I think I've sat on almost every committee at this point. Um, I, I've, I, you know, as, as well as you can trust anybody or anything, um, I, I think that level of, of comfort, knowing that it's going to be taken seriously, knowing that there's a good group of people who not only know what they're doing, but, you know, they're, they're good people too. Um, and, and they're there for the right reasons and, um, you know, care a lot about the, the community. I think that level of trust and um, faith in people is, is so important. Um, you know, can, can you guarantee everything will be done perfectly correct? No, mistakes happen, but can you guarantee that it'll be done with the best interest and um, the ultimate highest degree of, of effort? Uh, absolutely. You know, there's, there's no question about that. And if fortunately I haven't had any experiences where things haven't gone well, but I'm sure if they didn't, or there's a hiccup, I'd, I'd also feel very confident that they would make it right. And, and, you know, that's, that's really all you can ask for um, in, in somebody. So, you know, my faith in them, um, in the organization and the leadership is, is really high. And, you know, I feel like they've, they've done a good job. Yeah. So talking about things going well and having a great relationship with the staff, do you have a particularly rewarding experience you would like to share from working with us or just your time as a PA? You know, I, two come to mind. Um, kind of on different ends of the spectrum. One was with a client who was just starting a endowment through the community foundation. 
Um, and you know, they put some money in and it was relatively small and a couple of years went by and they put some more money in, some more money in and lo and behold, you know, a handful of years later, it's over a hundred thousand dollars and it's, it's a sizable, uh, endowment that was self-created. Um, you know, the client's young and will continue to be doing this for their working lifetime and maybe past their working lifetime. And if you think about the impact that that has over the lifetime of somebody, a, a rather small annual contribution can really grow to be quite substantial um, and quite impactful with, with just a little bit of dedication to it. So I think that's, you know, I, I called the, the, the person and when I saw it hit $100,000, I was like, hey, you know, this is fantastic. You know, and it was just, it was rewarding for them, um, which makes it rewarding for us. And, and I think rewarding for you guys as well to see, um, you know, that, that commitment and, and, you know, to achieve something like that. And then the other side of things was, you know, another client experience where um, they knew what they wanted, but they weren't sure how to get there. And in talking with the estate planning attorney, um, it was to, to me quite evident that there's a simple way to, to achieve it with a complex formula. Um, so they weren't really sure yet what they wanted to do, but they knew they wanted to make a significant um, end of life donation. So we help work with the estate planning attorney and, and work with you guys to set up a fund and ultimately, at the end of their lives, based on a formula, a lot of if-then statements, there should be a sizable donation at the end of their lives into this fund that's, you know, can already be set up, could be contributed to now. Um, or, you know, if they want to change where they've identified the charities, they have that flexibility today without having to go back and redo their entire state plan. So that formula stays in structure, um, but they have the complete flexibility of, you know, five years goes by and all of a sudden XYZ charity becomes more important to them. They can just roll easily make those changes without having to completely redo the, the bigger structure. So seeing the comfort that that gives people and the enjoyment that it gives people, it's, it's, it's really rewarding and um, it, it makes, having these types of conversations, quite fun. Yeah, I love both of those stories you shared because I feel like when you get a personal story, you get to see actual, like what actually happens and you kind of gave two different perspectives. Sure, that was cool. yeah. Yeah, so you were very civically engaged on many boards and on top of having a family and <laughs> all that. So how do you find time for all of that? I feel like the common excuse for young professionals when it comes to being involved civically is, I don't have time or I don't know how to manage my time. So do you have any advice on how to have a life while also being engaged and invested in your community? Yeah. Um, I have an amazing wife who is, keeps, allows me to spend time doing that. Um, I would say that's my biggest asset. Um, Shout out. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, aside from that, um, I think it's just a commitment to do it. Um, you know, we're all busy, you know, busy is always relative. Um, you know, I think back to, you know, talking to residents and in, in medical school working, you know, 80 hours a week, 
and you know that's pretty darn busy um but you know i I think it's just a commitment i think you know busy you're going to be busy no matter what hopefully i mean busy is a good thing um so it's really just committing to doing something and you know really having just trying to take a step back and thinking about the big picture um you know far from perfect. Um, and, and I, I don't make all the meetings and stuff, but I, I try to, to keep that in the forefront of, I think it's important to life. And, um, it's really just trying to make it a, a priority as best as you can, knowing that, you know, there are, there are a lot of, everybody's pulled in a lot of different directions. So, you know, if you can find something, probably also a big part is find something you enjoy. You know, I think some people, sometimes people are on boards and, you know, maybe they don't have a passion about it. So, you know, I, I really enjoy what I do. It, it fulfills me personally. It, it also helps me professionally um, for our clients. You know, the more I know about the community foundation, the more of an asset I can be to our clients. Um, so, you know, I think those two things, finding what you, you, you enjoy and you have a passion for, um, and then just making a priority. To those who are itching to start their charitable journey, I know many people listening probably are, what advice do you have on how to jumpstart that process? Do it, you know, just, just do it. I think, um, you know, if you look at when, when I stop and think about the happiest people I know or the happiest clients we work with, um, they're the, they're the most generous and, you know, having faith. I think sometimes people are, hesitant based on size or based on, um, you know, just not being sure what they want to do. So I always tell people just do, just do something, start small. If you commit to doing something and and tell yourself you're going to do, and then you go do it, it makes it easier the next time. And you start to see the rewards of, of doing it. So, you know, I, th- I think just it doesn't have to be perfect. I think there's a lot of paralysis by analysis as well. Um, so just do something and, you know, do something that makes you feel good. makes you feel comfortable and try to build upon it. You know, it, it doesn't have to be millions of dollars. Um, you know, start small. BGF 365 is, is a great thing for young people. Um, the Endow Kentucky tax credit. That's a great, tool for people to get an additional tax credit when, when making a gift. Um, you know, even if it's $25 a month, you know, do, do something and just start. I think that's taking that first step is always the hardest, but it's also the most impactful. Yeah. I love what you said. This is very true for me. The happiest people in your life are usually the most generous. So I, feel yeah. like I can't leave on any better note than that one. So Andy, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us and I encourage all our listeners to do exactly what he said, get started. I'm excited to be here with Karen McIntyre. She's going to tell us more about the important role professional advisors play in working with the community foundation like BGCF and how she helps clients identify their charitable interests and goals. So hello, Karen, how are you today? Hi, Kate thanks, I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing okay, but I want to know more about you, your background, and what led you to where you are now. Great. Yeah. So um, I have been a financial advisor for almost 
probably about 15 years now. Uh, I hate to admit that number, but, um, and uh, I started my career um, up in Ohio, where I'm originally from, uh, in a local trust company that was very similar to sort of the structure of Unified Trust. Um, very much a um, focus on uh, the client, the client's needs and goals, the fiduciary standard, um, and sort of working together to really identify the best um, way to achieve those financial goals throughout the different stages of life and then up through retirement. And so I find myself at Unified now in Lexington, Kentucky, and I get to continue that job every day. That's awesome. How did you connect and start working with BGCF? Um, I attended a uh, symposium for professional advisors um, several years ago, might have been 2014 or 2015. Um, and it was a way to get professional advisors in finance, accounting, the legal field together um, to talk about charitable giving for our clients. Um, and immediately it was a really great topic. I thought it was a very important to provide um, advisors that are in a role similar to mine with the tools and resources for talking to clients and directing them in the right path so that we can sort of jo everybody join together um, to achieve not only the goals of the community, but also the goals of, of our clients, um, which I just think is such a great sort of synergy that helps everybody sort of across the board. Yeah, I love that word synergy you used. I think that's perfect for action that happens between BGCF and professional advisors. Yeah, it's, 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 it's absolutely what happens. It's perfect. Yeah. So we work with various professional advisors, like I mentioned, accountants, attorneys, advisors like you and insurance professionals to help clients achieve their charitable goals, obviously. So describe the process of making referrals to BGCF and what that entails. Uh, so when I'm working with a client, um, it's important to sort of understand um, the aggregate picture and what their overall goals are. Um, and there's a lot of different sort of avenues that you can take when it comes to, to charitable giving, whether it's sort of one-off uh, situations on an annual basis, or if we're, we're building that into an estate plan, uh, legacy giving, uh, trusts, insurance policies, that's sort of thing. Um, and so understanding sort of what the ultimate goal is for an individual is then how we determine whether or not there needs to be a handoff um, to the community foundation. Um, and so once we sort of ascertain what those goals are um, and, and, and what needs to be done, then that's how I can sort of bring you all in um, with your expertise in sort of those next steps for setting up the appropriate type of account, getting it funded, making sure that the record keeping and everything is, is done correctly on an annual basis. Um, and I leave all of that sort of up to you. So once I've identified where we are, then I think it's time for you all to step in and sort of take over from there. A really important component of this is trust. You know, with referrals comes the decision to trust in the organization you're referring to, right? So what about BGCF solidified your trust? Uh, the number one uh, sort of piece of that was the people. Um, I mentioned um, attending the professional event um, several years ago. Um, I met Haley Cunningham there, um, which sort of started a, a professional and, and a personal sort of relationship over the last several years. 
um, Allison Lankford was there at that time as well. Um, and you just really could see the level of um, expertise and knowledge that they had, as well as the ability to um, work with clients, identify their needs, and match up the appropriate solution. Um, so having a trust, first of all, in the people that you're working with is, is paramount. Um, and so knowing those and developing those relationships with individuals at the Community Foundation was, was number one. And once that was in place, it was a no-brainer to continue to sort of develop that relationship relationship and make handoffs and referrals whenever was necessary because I just had full trust in the, the organization and the individuals that were that were leading it. So how do you help your clients identify their charitable giving interests and goals? I feel like that is a very important question people want to know. It is. Um, and, and one thing I found is I think professional advisors tend to avoid that question um, right off the bat um, unless it is specifically brought up by the client. Um, and I think that that is where sometimes we can fail our clients by not asking a direct question about how uh, philanthropically inclined they are. Um, it can be a very personal discussion, uh, so it has to be handled um, appropriately. But I think asking outright is, is necessary because it's a very important piece of the puzzle, particularly for me, as a financial advisor, because that has to get built into the entire financial plan. Um, and the same if we're talking about, say, an accountant, I mean, that changes your whole sort of financial picture as well on an annual basis if you're giving. Um, so having those open lines of communication between everyone involved and directly asking, what do you want to do? How do you see this happening um, is the first step and then being able to identify okay, now what are the steps that we need to, to get there um, on an individual basis? Right, so coming off of that question, I love this next one is, do you have a specific story or memory from your time working as a professional advisor that particularly strikes you that it was like, all right, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I had worked with um, clients for several years that were definitely charitably inclined. Um, and throughout the year we would do, um, you know, different sort of giving, uh, you know, techniques and that sort of thing. And um, they had retired and they were approaching uh, age 70 and a half when it, they were supposed to be taking required minimum distributions out of their IRAs. And this was significantly going to kind of change their financial picture overall, um, especially from a tax standpoint. And um, we were actually able to sort of come up with this ability to give um, directly out of their IRAs um, using the qualified charitable deduction uh, opportunities. And they were able to continue their charitable giving, give more annually to some different organizations. And it was really this great situation of a win-win, which was they achieved their goals of giving and helping the community, but also we were able to sort of make that work within their financial picture so that they sort of benefited financially as well. And I think that was just really an aha moment for everyone involved where it was like, this works really well. Finance and giving, it can all fit together in one picture and everyone can sort of benefit from it um, ultimately um, at the end of the day. And, and so I just think that it's so fun to sort of see it when it all comes together like that. When the, the picture is fully painted. I love, yes, I love exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> 
So I'm going to flip something on you now. You often ask your clients to create a vision for their giving and how it can benefit the community. So I'm going to flip that on you now. So what are your dreams for your community? A lot, um, but maybe uh, something that's a little more timely is um, I'd like to see a bit of an end of sort of this divisiveness and, and, and hate that we have sort of going. I think there's a polarization that's happening in our communities locally and maybe on more of a national stage. And I just don't think it, it's, it's very constructive to sort of achieving all of our goals, um, you know, as a community in Lexington and, and, you know, maybe even more broadly as Americans, you know, one of our best features is that we're, we've got all these individual beliefs and that we all have a lot to bring to the table. And I think if we just took a breath, talked to each other, sort of had an open mind about it, we can disagree certainly, but I think everyone has a lot to offer and that if we listened a little bit more, we could maybe solve some problems and be a little bit more constructive in what we do going forward rather than just being so angry and hateful all the time. I definitely agree with that for sure. So giving back is what truly gives life meaning and purpose. I feel like Absolutely. that's a statement we can all agree with. So to put a bow on this interview, what advice would you give to those starting their charitable giving journey? Just get started. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very simple to um, identify, you know, uh, where it is that you want to have an impact. Um, pick, pick, pick one charity. Uh, start with, you know, wh whatever you've got a, a little extra in your budget um, and, and, and just start. Um, get involved. Pick a cause. Volunteer. It's all great ways to get involved. And then as you sort of develop, you find yourself, um, you can really see where you can put your fingerprint on the community. Um, and then those opportunities grow as you decide, uh, you know, where, where you want to head with it. Um, if you are working with a financial advisor or an accountant or an attorney, start asking those questions if they aren't asking you. Um, but it, all it takes is one step in that direction to really sort of get you involved and get you going. I love that answer. Well, Karen, thank you so much for taking time to share with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kate, and thank you for hosting me. Yeah. All right, everyone, that is it. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you were encouraged by the stories of good happening right here in our community. I definitely know that I am. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. for more good stories and the next installment of the Do Good Radio Hour.